The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. We're on Twitch, we're on Facebook Live, we're on Sirius XM Channel 145, we're on like 30 or 40 other platforms. But wherever you're checking us out, we very much appreciate it. Thank you for being part of this program and for telling a friend about the show. Let's bring in our co-host this week. Love to talk to this guy, JC. How's it going, my man? How's it going, my friend? You are everywhere now. He's on AM radio, FM radio, uh, all across the internet. Uh, LimeWire, they can they can get you anywhere now. That's right, right? Lime, uh, yeah, Napster, Kazaa, Kazaa, very yeah. big on Kazaa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all those super uh, big on Kazaa, all those semi legal platforms yeah. from the nineties. Grokster, big yeah. on Grokster. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? All the Gen Xers are like, Grok what? Or the Gen Zs are like, Grok what now? What? <laughs> That's right, Ryan's kids. on cassette tape? Not only was there a time not that long ago where downloading was illegal, but it took like seven hours just to get the song you wanted. <laughs> and um, We weren't paid for that time. Yes, that's exactly right. We we have a lot to talk about, JC. There is a we have a full agenda. A full agenda. There is it. there is no time to waste. But it turns out there actually is some time to waste because before we get into all the things we want to talk about, I have a very important pop culture question for you. Lauren, can you pull up this picture for us? Oh no. I saw this on Twitter and you are my pop culture person. And so I want to get your instant thoughts on this. For the people who are checking this mm. out on the radio, can't see the picture, it says you are only allowed to keep three of these 90s Disney Renaissance films. And the nine films depicted are Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. So, JC, I say to you, you can keep three and only three. What are you taking? All right. not This is not even a keep one and only yeah. one. That would have been that a little be bit impossible. harder to do. But I'm sorry if I'm going to, you know, offend some Disney peoples out there. But some of these movies are not in the same tier as other of these movies. Uh, so long story short, I mean, I there are really only three choices to make uh, here. So this is easy for you. Relatively easy for me. Okay. Obviously, we're going to keep the goat. We're going to keep Lion King. I could not not keep Lion King. Uh, music alone just throws it up there with this list of movies. Where Lion King is definitely taking the top slot. Uh, if we're going for number two, Little Mermaid, again, for me, it comes down to the music. So Little Mermaid and Lion King you're safe. You can keep your knives in the competition. Okay. Um, Get your rose. And to divert just a little bit, we're going to tell you who's right off the bat. Not, they're not getting on the boat. They're going back to the, to the apartment, um, packing their things and and going home. Uh, Tarzan. Sorry, babes. You're going home. Oh, no. I mean, I want to know, can you show me where's the talent? Uh, whoa, whoa! There is a whole just, subgenre of TikTok right now, JC, where where people just do nothing but talk about how hard Phil Collins went on that soundtrack, and you're just for, dispatching it what? like it's nothing. And for what? <laughs> um, so just in the bottom tier, we're gonna throw Hunchback of Notre Dame. Lofty, totally tried it, uh, but Hunchback. It's definitely going to sit next to Tarzan. And as much as I love the music of Hercules, it's just not in the top tier. So Mm. I'm sorry you're not moving on to the the finale. Um, Above that, in the middle tier, because you see now 
now there's ju- there's three tiers. I love okay. that you. Ju- I mean, you literally just saw this picture just now. Oh, you I did, did not see this before the show, and you've already you already have an entire doctoral dissertation no. prepared. Yeah, there's there's no hesitation. All right, films. you've been waiting your whole life for this. It's true. This is wheelhouse meet JC. Okay, so <laughs> in this middle tier, we've got it because this is not always a visual medium. We've got both Pocahontas and Mulan. Good films, music, got some hits in there, but they're not, they're, they're just not there. Undertones in both of them, a little, eh, Pocahontas, a little, Disney, you tried it, uh, Mulan, <laughs> y- you took some, you took some L's from that live action. So mm. I'm going to throw that on you animated Mulan. I am sorry. That's, wow. that's your cousin. Wow. That's not my cousin. Um, animated so, Mulan has to, has to atone for the sins of the live action Mulan. Mm. <laughs> you know, you call him like you see him. Uh, <laughs> and no one saw that Mulan. So, uh, <laughs> pandemic to be fair pandemic people were at home i mean Uh, so i might have watched it if i would if if disney plus didn't make me pay 39.99 to watch it (laughs) they really did they really did not only are you going to subscribe to this service you are going to pay extra because we're worth it (laughs) all right so last here's here's what we've got left here's where it gets tough because you got to pick three and the four that are left all bangers. Right. All so great. as you can see, I've already given Lion King and Little Mermaid their flowers. So all we have left is Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. Ooh. So it's I mean, hard to- let's let's break this down, okay? On one side, you have Aladdin, which many people credit Robin Williams' performance as the best voiceover performance ever captured on film. Some people right. say that he should have been given an Academy Award nomination, despite the fact that it was merely a voiceover performance. Great movie. You know, high point mm-hmm. of my childhood. But in the other corner, you have Bo- Beauty and the Beast. I believe the first not Disney full-length anime... <laughs> what? Beauty and the Beast. That's a, that's a different movie. Um, yes. Beauty and the Beast, I believe the first uh, lot of animated full-length motion picture from Disney that was nominated for Best Picture. Like, yeah. how, how do you choose? How do I choose? Honestly, I can't even lay this on the back of Peebo Bryson. Because uh, mm. both, right? Doesn't Did, he... d- did Peebo do something for Aladdin? Is that what... A Whole New World? Is he oh, not was, also that, on that the was... duet? So he did. Are, he, did he do the whole New World duet and the and the Beauty and the Beast duet? Was that was were those both Peebo Bryson joints? I don't know. Peebo had to be in both of those. How could he not? <laughs> Wait, now I have to look I, this I, up. I see, I see Lauren typing. We, Lauren we, might have. We this did, please, Lauren. You're gonna have to let me know because <laughs> uh, I think he was on one, maybe not both. I don't. I. We're, Is we're that your tiebreaker? If, Pe- if Peebo Bryson was only only did a yeah, song yeah, yeah. for one we're of those put this movie on soundtracks, that's gonna, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to put, put this, this on Peebo. Always bet on Peebo. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to think. There were duets for both of these songs, so I can't even break it down to an iconic duet. You've got Beauty and the Beast. Uh, which I uh, think is listener writes Regina in Bell. Beauty and the Beast, the clear winner here. Not to not to necessarily uh, not 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 to poison your judgment. I know. You're the arbiter but, on this, can, but but also Robin Williams' best role. We're gonna forget all of the shady stuff that Disney did behind the scenes for uh, when it came to marketing that and everything. Don't look it up if you don't know it. I don't want to ruin childhoods. Uh, but you know, okay, here I'm gonna make a really biased choice uh, because this segment has gone on much longer than you anticipated. The very first CD that I ever owned, the very first compact disc that I ever purchased for myself was the Aladdin soundtrack. Mm. So I will keep Aladdin as my top pick. I'm so sorry, Beauty and the Beast, Uh, you know, turn me into 
a, a chair. <laughs> Jerry Orbach. Did you forget he was in that? Like, I, I figured that would be your tiebreaker. Jerry Orbach. No. Anyway, that was um, that was every that segment was everything I wanted it to be. Thank you, JC. I knew you would be the person to talk to on this. That you'd have everything. You'd have all just the go on way too long, way too long. Uh, it's quite what honestly. the people want. It's what the people want. Um, but again, we have a full agenda this week or, or this oh, yeah. uh, this week on the show. A lot of great stuff to talk about. And so, if you like that, don't go anywhere. Our guest coming up after the break, Charlie Davis, the CEO of Prefi, really cool platform. JC. It's all, it's all yeah. about a, allowing artists to create contests on TikTok to promote their music. You, have, you, know, you, you put out a song, have your, your followers on TikTok do things with your song, like make videos out of your song, the one with the most likes. You give them some kind of prize. Preffy sets all that up for you, makes it easy, works with micro-influencers. And Charlie Davis, the 25, 26-year-old guy, is the person who found it and built it. And, and just so amazing we get to talk to him. And we're going to learn a little bit about how to set up your own contests on these micro-video platforms like TikTok and Reels and things like that. Because I think it's a great way to pr- get your music out there to promote, even if you don't have a huge budget, by just using the fans you have and trying to make your song go viral. I really it's all about engagement. Absolutely. Before we before we bring him in, before we get to our topic, though, I want to ask you a question. I also uh, posed to the co-host last week, Elisa, our friend Elisa, and I need to get your insight on this as well because episode three hundred, it is marching closer and closer, and I am yeah. sweating. I am I am so freaked out because each week it's getting just it's just trudging upon me. <laughs> And I still don't know what we're going to do for it, but it's such a big number. I can't just ignore the event, not do anything for episode 300. So I come to you. Any ideas? Episode 300, two weeks, what should I do? It it is for sure your X number of days or X number of hours in Majora's Mask happening right now. Like every every week, it's just counting down, getting closer. Uh, Wow. I think that you should do a shot-for-shot reenactment of episode number one. Stop it! <laughs> what is it with you and Elisa came with the same crap last what? week? What? Yes, that was Elisa's recommendation. <laughs> she said you should redo episode one. And yeah. I'm going to tell her the same thing I told you, okay? Oh, no. Or no, sorry. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told her. That's what I meant. We're not a hive mind. I promise. I'm, I'm so flustered shared... at this suggestion because you know how horrified I am by episode one. Here's what I told her, and I'm going to tell you the same thing. Do you know that giant landfill where all the copies of the E.T. Atari game were buried because it was so bad that Atari wanted to just hide it forever? I'm telling you that underneath that pile Mm -hmm. and another 20 miles down, encased in lead and guarded by mole people is the only Mm -hmm. remaining copy of episode one of this program and that is where it shall stay good sir for some reason i thought that you had like downloaded episode one and reprinted it on a bunch of cartridges for atari boxed (laughs) them up with breaking the business break the business on the cover and then just buried them under all of the ets just to be safe that's right i should i should offer Episode one is like an NFT. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yes. one version of it that, you know, w- will sell to some like evil Martin Shkreli type who's going to keep it and just hide it for himself totally. and not let anybody else listen to it. I would, yeah. I would, I would have Martin do it, but I think he's sure. presently incarcerated or, you know, so mm-hmm. he, sounds, sounds he's, about, he's having some right? trouble. So he can't, Farmer buy, bro. he can't buy this copy, but hopefully somebody else will so that nobody hears episode one. But I think he, <laughs> Look, here's the lesson from episode one, okay? Hold on. I mean, he could buy it if, you know, if, if you sell this NFT in the commissary. That's right. Yeah. Right. You know, we'll trade it for... Uh, we, we'll accept we'll accept cigarettes as payment. Five, five packs of Cheetos. Um, here's the lesson about episode one, though, that in all seriousness, because I know a lot of folks out there who are independent creators are either podcasters or they're thinking about adding podcasting to their repertoire. And... Yeah. They are so, and, 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 I, and this often happens when you're making a podcast, is you never get to episode one because you're so obsessed with the pre-planning and the outlining and the workshopping and making it absolutely perfect that it's paralysis by analysis and you never get episode one out the door. Absolutely. So I have to ask you, Ryan, what got you 
to episode one? Marvelous question. And <laughs> the answer is, and it's the, what I want to impart to all you aspiring podcasters out there, is just put out episode one and accept the fact that it's going to be terrible. You and may have he, to bury it under a pile yes, of ET cartridges. It's going to be bad. You're going to hate yourself and anyone, everyone around you within 100 miles of you making that podcast. You will question yourself. You will question everything you thought you knew about the world. But the only way to get to episode 300 is to get to episode one. And the, the best way to get great at podcasting is to keep doing it, is to keep doing reps Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm still on, I'm up at episode 300. I still have a long way to go before I'm like where I want to be in podcasting. Boy, does he ever, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, whether it's a podcast or any sort of creative endeavor, you got to get your reps in you have, and it's okay if your first attempt or your 50th attempt or your hundredth attempt isn't great. And so don't just get, don't get so obsessed with making the first episode. Perfect. Get it out there so you can learn from it and then make your 300th episode somewhat closer to perfect and so as much as i make fun of how bad episode one was i'm grateful for it and i'm grateful for the experience could it got because it got us where we are now on sirius xm talking to you having charlie davis on after the commercial break lot to like about about this about episode one i think the other thing i want to do for episode 300 here's here's one thing that i thought was a good idea is actually my wife's idea my my better smarter half said to me, Ryan, you do this thing with every interview on Break the Business where you ask the guest as a final question, do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers mm -hmm. forward? So she's like, don't you have like 300 answers to that question? Can't you take like some of those best 300 answers and do segments out of them for episode 300? And damn it, if that's not the best suggestion I've heard you know, so far. And I don't even think my wife listens to my that's podcast, like, but she's like that. so sentimental, right? I love it. You know, it's like, what do you think is the best? And honestly, it's really good. You probably will find that there's a lot of similar information just sort of baked into all of that, which adds to what you come on here and do every week. It is like an episode one every week. You're explaining kind of the fundamentals to people over in different ways. So it's going to click for someone. So, you know, mm -hmm. all of that information can be shared again and again. And we do have a lot of surprises planned. There are some things <laughs> that we've already cooked up that I can't wait to bring out for episode 300. And really what I want episode 300 to be most of all, and this is going to sound so corny, so apologies in advance, but mm -hmm. I want it to be a thank you to the listeners and the viewers who have, you know, sort of encouraged this program. Like there were, in the 300 episodes we've done, there's been at least 300 times where I've said, okay, I got to quit this podcast. I think this is so much work. <laughs> but people encourage it. Uh, artists email uh, the people on this program saying, you gave me great advice on something. Uh, your guest gave me great advice on something. When I'm feeling down in my career, you guys motivate us. And that's the stuff that keeps me going. And And so I'm thankful to everybody for just kind of creating this cool little community. And I've learned a lot from hosting this show, from interviewing these guests. It's It's been the way I've networked in my legal practice. It's how I get to meet a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't meet with me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful to all the listeners and viewers. So hopefully episode 300, if nothing else, just comes off as a very hearty thank you to everybody. It's the one where you just read a really long thank you list and we've marked down every person who's ever listened to this show ever. And Ryan just reads all those names off. I could probably do that in an hour. <laughs> uh, Ouch. Yeah. So I got a great, great listener question. Speaking of awesome listeners and our community kind of driving the content for this show, got a cool listener question. And uh, I think you might actually dig this one as well, JC, as a musician, as somebody who you were a music business major in college, right? So you probably experienced uh, a lot of the information here. The, basically, the question was that the listener wrote was, I want to do cover songs. When, when can I do it so I won't get in trouble? I've heard something about a compulsory mechanical license. Does that allow me to cover songs on YouTube? This is a great question because yeah. what's funny about this question is 20 years ago or even maybe 10 years ago when we were, you know, kicking around college. Guys, it's been more than 10 up. years. Oh, God, it's been yeah, more than 10 sorry. years. That's upsetting. Okay, sorry, when we were kicking around college, <laughs> 
This was a much easier question. Because there used to be a time where the only thing you could do with a cover is make it into a CD or put it on a, you know, on a tape or cassette tape CD um, and sell it out of the trunk of your car, right? Physical format. And back when that was all you could do with a cover song, it was easy. But, and, and, uh, and you could get what was called a compulsory mechanical license, which meant um, basically what the law, copyright law allows you to do in this situation is, and this is what the listener asked about, is as long as you're not making, as, you know, if, if you hear a song you like on the radio and you want to cover it and you don't want to get in trouble for covering it, you can, as long as you don't make fundamental changes to the lyrics or, or, the, or the melody of the song, you know, you can do it in your own style, but don't change the words, don't translate them into a different language. Um, you, and, uh, and as long as you don't use any of the actual original recording, a completely new recording of you covering yeah. the song, you are allowed to make covers as long as you pay the statutory fee, which I think now is like 9.1 cents a copy. And so mm-hmm. when the world, when all you had to do to make cover songs was CDs and cassette tapes, that was very easy. Right. Every time. Unfortunately, this CD, is what this is what we learned in school. And so, this is how we were taught in school because that's think all it was. This is what what you're getting to is that this world is brave and new. <laughs> yes. But, and now things are scary. Right. Because, yeah, nine point yeah. one cents. You, you, you paid for your statutory license. Nine point one cents for every copy you made. Since then, since it was simple, mm-hmm. we now live in a world where downloads happen where streams happen, where making videos for YouTube has happened, where playing your cover songs on Twitch is happening, when making videos on Twitch is happening. And in all of those different formats, the original rule of compulsory mechanical licenses changes and morphs and eventually disappears entirely. And so when this this, uh, letter writer says, when can I do a compulsory? When can I do these uh, cover songs that I don't get in trouble? I think they're saying like, what formats? You know, I think I can do a CD, but what about these other formats? Am I going to get in trouble? And that's what we want to talk about here. So we yeah. know we know about CDs and cassettes. All right, if you're doing it for downloading, uh, making it available on iTunes, so not streaming where it's like you know, oh, I'm going to dial up Spotify and just play the song when I want, but a phys- right. a download on iTunes, for example. Uh, not that you know, not a lot of people don't download anymore, but some people still do. Uh, now the comp- now the licensing rule is it's not for every copy you make because you can't make a copy of a download. It's every download you sell. Here's what I recommend to the creators: instead of trying to go through the legal, uh, you know, notice procedures for compulsory mechanical license because it's a huge pain in the butt and you you know it, it can get kind of complicated. There are platforms that exist that make this compulsory mechanical licensing process easily. There is a website called easysonglicensing.com where they will take care of all of this for you. You pay a small fee to them. They take care of the licensing. And whether it's a CD, whether it's a cassette tape, a vinyl record, or a download, they got you covered. There are also uh, some of your distribution platforms, like your CD Babies, TuneCores. A lot of them do this mechanical licensing service if you want to release a cover song that way. So mm-hmm. that's, that is CDs, that is downloads, that is cassette tapes, vinyl records. Now, streaming, whole other experience. <laughs> Streaming's actually pretty easy because really? in streaming, if you're releasing to Spotify, Apple Music, one of those platforms, you don't have to pay the fee. The streaming service does. That's this whole thing with the mechanical licensing collective and all that stuff. Streaming service pays the fee. And so you can go through, uh, often, you know, whether it's a distro kid or a CD baby, they have the platform set up where they can uh, obtain the compulsory license, the mechanical license for you, and, uh, and make it so that the streaming service handles the payments, which is why you see so many cover songs on streaming services, because it's oh, really yeah. easy. Tons. Now... Here's and I know the the question writer asked about this one in particular. YouTube, mm. YouTube is this is where it all this is where is where it gets a little crazy. Falls apart. Yeah. So mechanic, if if you are making a YouTube cover video, so let's say a music you're making a music video of you playing, you know, a, a music video of your cover song on YouTube, or just a video of you like playing your cover song on YouTube, like you know, and you know, like in your in your bedroom, you know, with your guitar or whatever. Yeah. Mechanical licenses don't work here. 
because you are creating a video. You are combining your audio of this cover song with a video set of, set of video images. So now it's performance. Well, it's, it's <laughs> synchronization. Ah, yes. So you're making a video, and so you need what's called a synchronization license. And unlike compulsory mechanical licenses where... You know, the law requires the original songwriter to give it to you, um, and you, and you can't uh, stop them if, if you pay the statutory fee. You, they don't have to give you a synchronization yeah. license. <laughs> they can say no thanks. They can say no thanks. And so here's where a lot of artists are running into trouble, because a lot of artists like to make YouTube cover videos. Artists like Justin Bieber made their, you know, got their start yeah. doing videos, uh, cover videos on YouTube, and it's how they became famous. And, but... You know, and and a lot of artists are super cool with you covering them on YouTube. You know, they they you know Taylor Swift is sort of famous for this. She loves it when her fans cover her music. She's totally down for it. She's never going to send the lawyers after you. But you don't know which artists are cool with it and which ones are not cool with it because there's no like list on YouTube where this is made clear, right? It's like a game. It is like, <laughs> except if you win, you get to put out a cover song, and if you lose, you're in big, big trouble. So it's very high stakes. Money game. trouble, yeah, money trouble, exactly. Um, so this is the, uh, and so what we, what I, what I recommend to artists is that technology, in a lot of ways, has stepped in to help you here. So even though you know, because even though technically you need to actually go to the songwriter and get their permission to do a cover song on YouTube, mm. there is a platform called We Are The Hits that has already made deals with a lot of the publishing companies uh, to allow people to make YouTube covers. You go to wearethehits.com, you enter in the title of the song you want to cover. Most of, most of the songs that have been written, or at least a lot of the songs that have been written, are there on We Are The Hits. And so if, if the song's there, you upload your YouTube video through We Are The Hits, and they'll stick a commercial in the beginning of the video. The uh, original songwriter gets a piece of that commercial ad revenue. You get a piece of that commercial ad revenue. But more importantly, you've already gotten that artist's permission to do the cover song because uh. We Are The Hits already made the deal for you. Really cool platform. Not a lot of artists know about it these days because, uh, you know, I guess uh, today's artists are more on Twitch than YouTube, but it's still still an important platform that serves a good purpose. And honestly, what you've told me through both of those solutions is that the internet both created and solved this problem. <laughs> to the internet, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems, uh, to, uh, to coin one Homer Simpson. Yes, mm -hmm. and but this is sort of one of the interesting because in a lot of ways, yes, the Internet created this problem, but really what created this problem is copyright law in the sense that oh, it yeah. is a 19th century law that is trying like, to address 21st century issues. Copyright or law is like your century. arch rival on this show. Yes. It's your arch nemesis. Yes, yes. Um, it's the it, final we, boss for you. So, cause, yeah, because the people who made copyright law, like the 1909 Copyright Act, even like the 1976 Copyright Act, they couldn't have seen coming YouTube or Twitch or any of these platforms. Yeah. And so we're trying to use old law to address new technology that the writers of these laws couldn't understand. And so what technology is trying to do is find a way to kind of bridge old <laughs> law with technology and create solutions for creators. Now, that's YouTube. But even YouTube's not like the platform that all kids are using these days, right? Because right now it's all live streaming. It's Twitch. It's YouTube Live. It's Facebook Live. And here, the rules are different with covers. You said earlier, JC, about performance royalties. And yeah. this is where performance royalties come in. If you are on Twitch and you want to cover a song on Twitch, for the most part, and this is not a, uh, this is not a completely blanket statement, but for most songs that you would cover that are popular, you can cover songs in a live stream as long as you don't use the original recording because, at least Twitch says, they have performance uh, blanket licenses with the major performance rights organizations that allow people on Twitch to cover songs uh, without, uh, without any uh, you know, legal issues there. And since you know, 95-99% of most songs you hear on the radio are going to be covered by those performance rights organizations, you can do covers. No problem. Yeah. What you 
are probably not able to do, and we talked about this last week with Elisa, is if you do cover songs, don't make them available as videos on demand later. Because live streaming is different from making a video on demand. You make that video on demand, you're back in synchronization royalty land. Because you've and made when they were coming a up video. With these, when they came up with these ideas, they didn't think that. I mean, the moment that you live stream, there's the opportunity to VOD. So that wasn't baked into the pie of the original rules. It's just something to watch out for as a well, user. Baked into the and pie the, of the original rules for Twitch? I mean, I know that the rules are now changing (laughs) as we speak. So, you know, for me, it's they didn't think of it. They didn't think of, you know, hey, it's a maybe don't use this or not sort of thing. Yeah, it's uh, and and right now this is what uh, Twitch is struggling with, because last week we spoke about this, how Twitch and the national Mm -hmm. music publishers are kind of locked in this fight right now to try to solve this exact problem where artists want to be able to cover songs. Artists want to be able to include, you know, musical compositions in their Twitch videos and to allow them to exist later as videos on demand. But, you know, this synchronization problem comes in. So unless Twitch can hammer out a deal with all the songwriting companies and all the publishing companies, this is going to continue to be a problem. And it's not just Twitch, by the way, uh, the the platform Roblox, which uh uh, I, I've been told what? by people much younger and than me is a, is a fun one. Well, they are a platform for babies. Well, not a lot of older people use it too, well, but they I have a, all of the children of the world. They have a grown man size, uh, legal problem right now with the music publishers, <laughs> uh, to the tune of a $200 million lawsuit, uh, that, uh, Roblox was fighting with the music publishers that just got That's settled a, this week. That is a but, lot of uh, bunch money, right? Because exactly. <laughs> Because um, you know the music publishers are like, hey, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of music being streamed on your Roblox, and we didn't get paid for that. And but yeah. the but Roblox is trying to solve this now, and I think they just got a settlement. And they're trying to work out some like l- larger deal. But until all this gets figured out, you the creators are caught in the middle because you know you don't know what the rules are. And so until until Twitch comes out and says we've figured out a solution where you can leave cover videos in your vods leave them off your VODs. Cover songs in your stream, but if you have a cover song in uh, in a video, don't make it available on demand later. And so this is what we were saying, right, JC? That 20 years ago, how can I do covers was an easy question. Today, oh, yeah. it is a nightmare. <laughs> and you have to know how the different forms of media work, and you have to be ready to adjust to the different formats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be All ready right. to problem solve. That's right. Well, and and to continue checking out shows like Break the Business, where we got your back on this stuff. Before we go to break, JC, I got a movie. I, I have been told that oh. uh, you have some pretty exciting movie slash video game news. I, I I have only I I confess that I've only seen like really small headlines of this, but maybe you're going to be able to give me the lowdown. There is a new Super Mario movie getting made. Did I see this right? Yeah, you know, Nintendo Direct happened over the past week and they decided to spice it up by letting you know that the new Super Mario movie is coming soon and they have a cast for you to just kind of chew on for a little bit. There's no actual voice talent that we can hear just yet, but these names are so big that you're just going to eat it up. You're going to love it. So... You know, I think the thing that, you know, made the most waves was everyone finally learning who was going to be Super Mario Mario, because that's his last name, Super Mario Mario himself. And that is one Chris Pratt, which blew up the entirety of the Internet when everyone found out about that. Chris, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Chris Pratt as Mario? Yes, a uh, plumber realness, Chris Pratt. Okay, a few, Super Mario Mario. Few questions in in and look, mm. you know, I I have enjoyed his work. The parks and the recreation, quite great. The yes, all, all the guardians of the galaxy. He, uh, he is the Lord you know, of the stars. Yes, he, yes, great stuff. Has does he have any Mario on his resume? Is there a YouTube video out there where he's just doing a dead on? mario impression that i don't know about because it's a challenging accent i 
you know, like he's got, <laughs> he he has a unique accent. I've never I've never heard Chris Pratt, you know, do a really good Mario, such that like I, I can be like, oh yeah, he's gonna nail this part. What was absolutely the absolutely the most egregious thing was. There's a whole entire Charles Martinet just walking around on this earth right now. That's the voice of the actual voice of Super Mario in all of the the games that feature a voiced Mario. So that could happen and we'd be fine. But honestly, someone said something to me today and I thought it was very profound. It's that whoever was making this movie just saw the Lego movie and said, yeah, do that. It's not a bad strategy. I, I mean, mean, if you want, you, you, you want your movie to a explode at the box office, put yes. freaking Chris Pratt in it. I mean, sure, but sure, but we, my my child heart is still reeling from the first time we had such a thing as a Super Mario movie, which did not exist, and we will never talk about that. <laughs> are, we, are we talking about the Bob so, Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper masterpiece? I, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never seen a person with a head called a Goomba, whatever that was. So uh, yeah, oh my my Char- childhood Charlie was not Davis shattered. Is 25. By he probably doesn't even know about this yeah. movie. So oh yeah, totally not. <laughs> so happy that there's. Wait, we're finally getting a Mario movie. Question, real quick, before you tell me about the rest of this voice. Yeah, is this <laughs> is this an animated movie or is this live action? Wow, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's animated. Okay, that was I. I, Yeah. So if it's animated, then why not have the original Mario actor do it? Like, I get it if it's live action because, like, maybe they're gonna make Chris Pratt look like Mario, although he doesn't really look like a Mario. But like, like I I speak on it, Ryan. Continue to preach to this choir. Okay, a person who we all know (laughs) as the voice of Mario. Yes. Why mess with that? I mean, come to think of it, we already have, like, over decades of playing these games, we already have voices in our head of all yeah. the characters in Mario Land. Like, Sign know, me up. I could do like, Mario why, better than Chris Like, Brown. why not come just on. get all those original people? No, because you need stars. Who else is in this? Real quick. Uh, wow. Shady. Okay. So, uh, up next, I mean, we have Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. So oh, Peach I will like be her. playing chess. So Mario Chess coming to a system <laughs> yes. near you. That's right. Uh, She'll just be, the, just the be Princess's like, Gambit. Just, just popping, <laughs> popping Quaaludes the whole time. It's gonna God. be great. It's wow! Gonna be, it's gonna be okay. a gritty, gritty <laughs> Super Mario this, Brothers. Yeah. They're getting real. Okay. They're getting real. It's 2021. Okay. Uh, Charlie Day from I believe Sunny in Philadelphia as Luigi. You got Jack Black as Bowser, which, you know, a choice, uh, but I think a good one. That's going to work out for me. I, I don't, I don't hate Jack Black. I can Black see Jack Black as, okay. Like all, uh, all those, all, honestly, all those actors sound great to me. I love every single one of them. Just Chris Pratt as Mario. I'm not sure how that works. It, yeah, exactly. And you know, I will power through the rest. We've got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Whoa. Fred Whoa. Armisen as Cranky Kong, which... Not in the Mushroom Kingdom, but that's <laughs> just, that's just a, say it. That's for another day. That's okay. another day. Um, actually, uh, and then I'm going to swing back around to the other thing that made the best news was that we've got Keegan Michael Key as Toad. I'm I'm ready to see that. I'm ready to see that. I, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the very patient Charlie Davis uh, coming up right after the break. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two minutes here on Break the Business. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm, RKPA, does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida.
Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Ryan Corelli here with JC. We are on Twitch, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, all major podcast platforms, and always a thanks to our wonderful friends at Slam Radio Sirius XM 145 for having us on their delightful little station as well. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest this week. He is the founder and CEO of Prefi, a platform that allows artists to set up contests on platforms like TikTok using their music. Artists including Daddy Yankee and Victoria Anthony have used the platform and recently Prefi was acquired by the influencer marketing company Songfluencer. You can find out more about our guest's work by visiting www.prefi.com. We are happy to welcome Charlie Davis on to break the business. Hello, Charlie. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure, sir. Uh, I, I, I hope you did not mind us uh, our previous conversation running a little long, but as you can see, a, a Mario movie discussion you know, has to be given the time it deserves. Uh, is, are are I, you a Mario fan? Did you play these games? I did. I took offense to the 25 not understanding the, the references. I grew up <laughs> on Nintendo 64, so that, that was right in there my wheelhouse. Go. Wow, all right, okay. He's got, he's got the bona fides, probably got all 120 stars. Yeah, Super Smash Bros. can still be found on college campuses countrywide. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. the classics are the classics, of course. Definitely. Um, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this platform, Charlie. But, uh, a few months ago, we actually had on some of the folks from Songfluencer on Break the Business who told us about the power of influencer marketing to break songs on platforms like TikTok. And so I see your conversation, Charlie, as a continuation of this idea, specifically through the realm of setting up contests for artists, but before and which is what your platform Prefi does. But before we talk about Prefi, can you tell the listeners a bit about the role that influencers on platforms like TikTok can play on helping to break music? Definitely. I mean, so so to give a little bit of background, when I started Prefi, I didn't have any notions about exactly what it would be. I'm a software developer, so I have you know the technical capabilities to build out an online platform. Um, or a website of some sort to help artists further their careers. and But really, I just wanted to build sort of the ultimate marketing solution for artists. And from an unbiased perspective, I saw TikTok as the platform where an artist's marketing dollars could best be spent. You know, TikTok as a platform is genre agnostic. It doesn't care if your song was released 30 days ago or 30 years ago. Um, it really can create the greatest impact for an artist in the shortest amount of time. And the way that an artist can best take advantage and, and see success on TikTok translate to streams, which is at the end of the day what everyone's going for, um, is their profile, their individual profile, where they upload videos featuring their music can grow in popularity. Or influencers and they uh, can use their song and videos and they can start a trend. Um, and just by sheer exposure, of the videos and getting millions of views on videos that feature the artist songs um, that can lead to direct, uh, you know, can lead to the consumption on Spotify and the, and the different streaming services providers. And I'm so excited by these developments. I, I see the rise of influencer marketing and the power it can use to break songs on platforms like TikTok as an equalizer for indie creators. You know, not that long ago, breaking songs required massive, independent marketing campaigns going out to pound the pavement at radio stations from sea to shining sea to break a song it was a long arduous and most importantly expensive process which is why it needed to often be done by major labels and indie artists didn't have the resources but influencer marketing on tiktok changes that anybody 
can come up from nothing and break a song by just putting the song in the right influencer's hands. And I'm intrigued by your platform in particular because it focuses on micro-influencers, on somebody who maybe doesn't have an account with a lot of followers but can still help to break a song by using contests, by using these competitions where artists can uh, have different accounts use their song and whoever gets the most likes can win a prize. But I'm... I digress. I'm describing your platform very poorly. Can you tell the listeners how Preffy works? Sure. Yeah, no. So Preffy is an online platform where artists host competitions with cash prizes to see what creator on TikTok can get the most likes on a video featuring their song. Basically, we've invented a new form of influencer marketing where artists pay creators based on the performance of their posts rather than a guaranteed upfront fee. The traditional way that influencer marketing works is you hire a macro influencer, somebody with you know hundreds of thousands to millions of followers, and they ch charge a fee, and you essentially have to pay that fee regardless of how well or, or poorly the uh, post performs. And the idea for Preffy stems from one simple observation that algorithmically, it is better for an artist to get a hundred users using their song in a video that accumulate 1 million views than it is for them to hire one user that gets a million views on one post. TikTok as a platform likes to reward momentum, meaning they like to see that creators of a variety of different niches are using your song in their videos. Um, so really it, it's the idea came from a simple thought experiment. If I have a budget of X dollars, how can I get the most amount of micro and nano influencers uh, to use my song in their video? And uh, the competition format was really the best way to get, you know, a hundred or, or at times, you know, hundreds to thousands of uh, influencers using my song for the price of one. I dig that. Are there any success stories that come to mind when you think of people who've used their platform and have done your platform and have done really cool things with it? Yeah, I mean, there all of our past competitions can be found by going to our website at preffy.com. We have had songs that you know we started with at the get-go that made it onto the Spotify viral charts. Um, in the beginning, we were working with almost exclusively independent artists that have seen you know three to seven hundred um, percent streams. And and also, what's incredible is is the powerful work of of TikTok where you can track a metric like Shazam's. And people were wondering, hey, wait, why is my why are my Shazams particularly up this week? Well, that's because your song has actually reposted on a bunch of Instagram meme, meme accounts where they don't necessarily label the song. So people have to access it by Shazamming it. Um, and so that has been tremendous to see. Uh, and, and really in terms of measuring consumption, measuring how many streams a Preffy competition actually delivered is, is honestly quite difficult because we can't track, okay, how many of your 10,000 streams in the past week came from somebody who saw one of our videos on TikTok, left the TikTok app, and then went over to Spotify? Uh, you know, I'm a former Spotify engineer. I worked on their Spotify for Artists platform. I know that that's not necessarily a capability that they offer to people at the moment because it's very difficult to, to gather that information. Um, but in terms of the amount of UGC we can generate for an artist and the amount of views that those UGCs UGC yields is, is really tremendous. JC, I would imagine something like this, the, the way that Charlie's describing this platform, it gives you a lot of ROI, right? It's not because like you can throw a lot of money at an influencer campaign on TikTok and potentially see results if you put that song in like a Charlie D'Amelio's hand or something like this. But I would imagine that dollar for dollar, you can see a oh. lot of uh, benefit from a platform like this because you know, as Charlie said, you're not just putting a, a million views in one account through one account. You're spreading it out, and then each of those people can, you know, you know, have it spread through, you know, a thousand different points of light as opposed to one. And you're yeah, able exactly. to see the impact. Like seeing that impact is so important, especially to smaller artists. Definitely. I mean, it, it's all about stretching the dollar. I mean, so so Preffy, our goal for every competition is to yield a less than ten cent CPM. So a CPM is cost per a thousand views. Um, and when it comes to traditional influencer marketing and, and traditional agencies that don't necessarily work with a competition format, a good CPM might be $2. And so by the ability to get, you know, under 10 cent CPMs 
get and then not just that, but also getting a hundred nano and micro influencers for the price of one, uh, you know, in my mind, it's no brainer. I might be a little biased, uh, but <laughs> it's massive. And I'll tell you, you spoke about independent creators using this platform, but I can tell you that the concept of creating contests around TikTok songs isn't just limited to indie creators. I have a few of my like higher tier top shelf clients who are starting to experiment with this, who are creating dance challenges with some of their songs to try to get them to break on TikTok because they know the power that this platform can have. And so it makes me want to ask you, Charlie, is there a rhyme or reason to what songs do better in this kind of contest format? If if you're advising an artist on what song they might want to pick from their catalog that could be a good fit for a contest contest format, are there any sort of rules of thumb that one could follow? No, I mean, you. the natural inclination might for, be for an artist to suggest, you know, whatever whatever is their most danceable song. What is a song that is dancey? Because that's what people typically think of when they think of TikTok. But the truth of the matter is, is that most trends on TikTok aren't actually dances. And so as we become more educated in the field of TikTok, we realize how vast the different niches on TikTok can be. Um, and so really, it, the, the song that you choose in an ideal scenario will be able to find, you know, the proper niche for it. Um, you know, one of the most uh, amazing successes on, on, on Preppy that we've seen is we took sort of a very melodic, soothing, almost like a, a song you might meditate to, and we made it into a dog uh, trend where with the with the creator olympus great obviously Dane. yeah and I mean, who wouldn't have thought season, of that obviously obviously <laughs> and after that uh scenario i sort of stopped predicting what songs would do well on tiktok and what songs wouldn't uh yeah. because Smart. that one has me beat <laughs> you i mean you never know I, I i mean a couple examples that come to mind of just songs that caught fire and i i, I wouldn't have seen it coming we had a you know, a guest we've had on the program in the past, a guy named Jonathan Mann, who's uh, known as Song a Day Man. He's been writing a song every day for, I think, over 10 years now. Cool project he has going. But his most successful Song a Day song he's ever done what became successful through TikTok, where when The Mandalorian first came out, before it even, like, caught fire, he started watching it. He fell in love with the Baby Yoda character. Thought it was really cute. And then so decided to make one of as his... As we all did. Yeah, right. Just you know, swept yeah. the world. And so like I'm going to he's like I'm going to do one of my song a day songs about Baby Yoda. I made this silly little song like Baby Yoda, Baby Baby Yoda. That's that was the whole song. And only for him to find out that everybody else who fell in love with the Mandalorian decided that was the song they were going to use as the background for their TikTok videos where they talked about loving the Mandalorian. Next thing he knows, like the song catches fire. He gets like millions of streams on Spotify because all those people fall in love with it on TikTok and they go on and they want to stream it somewhere. And there was no predicting that. Or the one that's now uh, recently with, um, you know, 2018, Matt Maltese puts out a song called As the World Caves In, which is which he describes as this love song where it's Donald Trump singing to Theresa May about like falling in love before the world ends. And then, you know, and then, like, three years later, this, like, teenage girl named Sarah Catherine sings it in a TikTok video. Um, and, you know, it's the Oh, Girl, It's You song. And, well, I know I sung it so well there. And it's, it's completely dominated TikTok. This, like, teenage girl version of this song about Donald Trump falling in love with Theresa May. And it's everywhere. And nobody saw it coming. It's not a danceable song. Nobody would dance to it. It's sort of dark and, and uh, foreboding. And it just blew up. Like there seems like there's no predicting this. No, there isn't. And I'm curious. Did did people? Did he upload it and distribute it to Spotify? And did it lead to you know consumption that Baby Yoda track? Yeah, that's that's what it was. He, you know, because now like all the distribution platforms like your CD Babies and your Distro Kids, they all upload to TikTok now. So you can right. you can upload all the streaming services as well as TikTok, and then people, you know love it on TikTok, and then they go and listen to it on spotify later and you get the streams there it's 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 pretty wild um on preffy are all the are all the contest rewards for cash is it it's just a, it's cash payments they are um we actually one of the great parts about preppy is we don't rely 
on the artist to promote the competition. We don't rely on the artist for any part of the creator acquisition. And we actually kind of discourage it. You know, really? oftentimes artists come to us and they say, hey, wait, we're going to post this on our socials. And we post this Instagram story, swipe up to enter this competition. We say, we can, we'll take the free publicity, but that's not actually going to impact the competition's performance. And the reason is if you have, if specifically for independent artists, if you have 20,000 Instagram followers um, or, you know, 30,000 TikTok followers, we have to look at it objectively. How many of those followers are actually active public profiles on Instagram or TikTok that are willing and have a following that will significantly impact this competition's performance? And so what Prefi has is a network of micro and, na and nano influencers that check our site on a daily and weekly basis, looking for looking competitions for to enter, looking for songs to use in their videos so they can start monetizing their content. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this mm -hmm. Prefi for these creators is sort of the minor leagues of influencer marketing. This is the step <laughs> they go through before they're, they can, they're working with the, the major labels um, and also, you know, major brands. Uh, so this is sort of a stepping stone for them. This is the first introduction to content monetization. That is so intriguing to me because it's a good analogy. not only are you encouraging one form of independent creation, which are the original songs that were created in the first place, but a, a whole other class of independent creators is rising from a platform like this. The ones that are going to make videos from that song and potentially make money for it. What a cool little ecosystem. And I, apparently we're not the only ones who think so because you were recently acquired by Songfluencer and I just found out today, it just came into my email inbox. I'm not even sure if Charlie oh. knows this yet. Maybe, maybe he didn't realize it, but uh, <laughs> it was just announced that you are now the senior software developer for Songfluencer after your company got acquired by Songfluencer. Uh, so congratulations for that. And uh, tell us did a little bit scoop? about getting... Did you actually yeah. know that? Yeah. Did you just find out you got promoted? Congratulations. <laughs> well, thanks for telling me. I, I, I did not... I was not aware, but thank you. <laughs> well, what was it like getting acquired? Uh, I mean, that must be... I mean, unbelievable experience. I mean, you're 25, 26 yeah, no, years old. I mean, Yeah, thank God. I mean, it, extremely grateful. When I started the, the company in February of 2021, and I don't think anybody who starts a company expects to be acquired, you know, four or five months into the process. Um, but very grateful that Songfluencer, you know, believed in Prefi as a platform um, and really excited about the, the acquisition. That's really fantastic. Congratulations on all your success, and I, I know there's plenty more to come. Again, you can find out more about our guest's work by visiting www.prefi.com. Before we let you go, Charlie, one last question. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Definitely. I would say when it, I'm going to direct this question primarily to TikTok because that's you know the area in which I am most familiar with as it pertains to independent artists. And when it comes to TikTok, the biggest thing I would recommend is to persevere and to experiment. You mentioned that example, the baby Yoda, where the person was creating a song a day and uploading it to TikTok. And it probably took him hundreds of those songs and hundreds of those videos before he was able to achieve that major success that really connected with the TikTok audience. And that is the case with 95% of TikTokers. Just when you feel like this is pointless, that's when it switches. So you just have to persevere, keep uploading, keep experimenting, try to find a different niche. If one content isn't being received well, switch it up. Uh, but you know, success will come. And every time you upload to TikTok, it's kind of like drawing a new lottery ticket that you didn't have to pay for. You know, every single video can change your life. That's really exciting. Congratulations again, Charlie. And thank you so much for being on the show this week. Don't be a stranger. We'd love to have you on again real yeah. soon. Thanks for having me. Wow, that's a cool dude. Boy, don't you feel like you have accomplished nothing in your life? 26 you know, yeah, years old, when, he's sold his platform. <laughs> when, when I got acquired at 25, I really thought that <laughs> my life... No. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Can cool... I get acquired at 45? Like, I need to get these things together. So, what, a, wow. what a cool platform. What a cool story. And I love what we spoke about at the end there, where... Different classes of independent creators coming together in this ecosystem. The ones that are making the music and the ones that are making cool videos with the music. Gotta love it. Be sure to check out our guest next week, folks. Justin Warfield will be joining us. He is the CEO of the Custom Song Commissioning Platform Downright. 
Uh, that's going to be a pretty fun show. You're going to want to check that one out. And then, of course, after that, we have episode 300 coming oh. on October 13th, whether Ryan likes it or not, because he's still Two not prepared weeks for remain. it. Oh, my God. <laughs> JC, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show Absolutely. this week. And thanks our thanks our thanks to Charlie Davis as well, and our thanks to all of you for checking us out here on Break the Business. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.